0: So I was doing some scrolling on Twitter and saw Elon Musk and Lex Friedman talking about, oh, this is why we must expand the scale and scope of consciousness so we can find out what's beyond the simulation, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of thought to myself, man, fuck, like, why don't you just for two seconds learn something which people were saying for thousands of years, like, just... Close your eyes, look inside yourself and then maybe why not just go to base reality yourself and realise that, "Mm, you know, it's not actually the most profound and hardest thing to do in the world but that anyone could do it. And then I realised, I'm such a cunt, why do I judge people like that? Why does my mind do that so much? So I thought I'd share a little story (laughs) which lightened myself up to someone who I told it to last night. So this is a story which my cousin told me when I was like eight years old. And at the time, I just thought it was hilarious because he's one of those dudes who like, as soon as he opens anything out of his mouth, he's just, he's like the funniest, it's the funniest thing ever. But then I was thinking about it a couple of years ago, and I was like, man, the person who wrote that was like, not enlightened, but like pretty wise. So here it goes, the story of the pink elephant. So it was a boy, and he was in class, sitting next to his friend. And then all of a sudden, his friend whispers over to him and says, hey, I dare you to get up and say pink elephant in front of the class. He goes, what? Are you crazy? I'm not doing that. So then he whispers to his other friend, hey, I dare you to get up in front of the class and say pink elephant. He's like, what does it mean? What does it mean? And he goes, oh, I'll tell you after you say it, just do it first, it'll be funny. So he sort of like looks around, sees the teacher at the blackboard, just with their back turned, so he goes, yeah, shit, why not? So he stands up in front of the class and yells, oh, pink elephant. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the teacher turns around with a shocked look on her face and said, that is absolutely atrocious behaviour, the worst thing you could say in a classroom. You're going to the principal's office right now. And like the kid's just standing there like just like thinking, is she joking? He's so confused because he's like, he's a good kid. The teacher's never said anything like this to him before. But then after a while, he realized the teacher's being serious. So he, he gets sent to the principal's office and starts walking down the hall. He finally gets to the principal's office. And then when he gets there, the principal looks at him like, this is weird. What are you doing here? Like, you're a good kid. What are you doing in my office? And he goes, I don't know. I don't understand, to be honest. My friend just dared me to get up and say one word, one little phrase, and then all of a sudden, I'm here. The teacher sent me here. he goes, that's ridiculous. It's No matter what he say, whether it's a swear word or anything, you shouldn't be just sent to the principal's office for saying one thing. What was it? What did you say? He goes, nothing. Just pink elephant. <gasps> what did you say? Pink elephant. Principal's just shocked. He goes, that is the worst thing I've ever heard uttered here in this school ever. You're expelled. The boy's just standing there shocked. He can't believe it. But then he realized again the principal's being serious. So he grabs his bag and starts walking all the way home because he's been expelled. When he finally gets home, he's... Parents are both there, home from work already. And they ask him, what are you doing here? Like, you should be at school. Why are you here so early? And he goes, I don't know. Like, I'm feeling so weird. I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling embarrassed. Like, I don't know if I did something really wrong. Um, but basically, I my friend told me to get up into class and say this one thing. And then all of a sudden, I got sent to the principal's office. And now all of a sudden, I'm expelled. The parents are like what the hell, why would that happen? Like, I'm going to go to the principal's office right now and straighten this out because you can't do this to a 10-year-old kid. And then he sort of starts to feel a little bit of relief. Now his parents are walking at the door. They go, oh, just by the way, what was it that you said anyway? And he goes, pink elephant? His parents, again, they're shocked. They're so angry. They just immediately break out into a rage and they go, I never thought I would have heard something like that utter out of something that came from me and that I raised. I disown you. So, he's shocked again, shocked again, Uh, but he realizes that his parents aren't joking around and really, like, what this is must be something horrible. So, he gets kicked out of the house. So starts walking out of the house, like his whole reality has just started to break down. He woke up in the morning, as a normal, ordinary day, went to school. And all of a sudden, he's expelled from school, his parents have disowned him. And he's walking down the road. It's starting to get dark, it starts raining. And then all of a sudden, a police car pulls up beside him. The officer gets out and he goes, what are you doing here, kid? You're so young. He why are you walking around here like this? It's about to be dark. It's not safe. What are you doing? The boy starts crying and he goes, well, I just said this one thing. I got kicked out of school. Now my parents have disowned me and now I'm walking here. Like, I don't really understand what's going on. And then the police officer is shocked. He's like, you got disowned. This isn't making any sense. What did you even say anyway? And he goes, nothing. I just said pink elephant. The cop is speechless and all of a sudden just slams the boy onto the top of the cop car and puts him in handcuffs and said, that is the worst thing I've ever heard from somewhere around here. You're going to jail for 20 years. So the boy goes to jail for 20 years. 20 years later, on the last day of his prison sentence, he's talking to his cellmate and he finally opens up to him and the cellmate asks him, so what are you doing here anyway? Like after all this time, are you finally going to tell me? Why were you in here in the first place? And he goes, well, I guess it doesn't matter any now. It doesn't matter anymore. So yeah, basically my friend told me to say pink elephant when I was in school and then I got expelled and then the police officer heard it and now I'm here. And the cellmate goes, well, it's okay, I understand, I totally get it. I know what it means, I, I know why it's happened to you, it's happened to someone else I know, um, it's okay. And then for the first time in 20 years, the boy starts, who's now a man starts to feel some relief and uh, they just kind of heard someone empathize and actually knows what's going on and then the cellmate says to him, do you want to know what it means? And... Sensing the first little bit of hope in his life, his whole life. He goes, yeah, yeah, I want to know. What does it mean? He goes, well, I can't tell you what it means. But as you walk out of this prison and you look across the road and walk up a huge hill, there's a big sign on the top of the hill. If you walk behind that sign and look behind it, the meaning to Pink Elephant is written there. I swear. So... The man sort of thinks about it, and he can see the dude's really sincere. So again, he's sort of filled with some sort of hope, curiosity, relief, sadness, anxiety, all at the same time. Later that day, he did get released from prison. So as he walks out of the prison, sure enough, he sees exactly what the man said. Big highway, over there was a hill, and a big sign on top of the hill. So he takes a deep breath, calms himself, knowing that he's just about to understand everything that was going wrong in his entire life, and he was about to actually figure out what it was all about. So he takes another deep breath, and he steps out onto the road to walk over the hill, and a big truck comes over and runs him over, and he dies. don't like putting commentary on things and when I just listened to a podcast which I did on the 10 levels of the mind I'm like oh oh, Jesus like I hate listening to this guy what the hell is this what I really want to do is deliver the genuine wisdom from the past mixed with wisdom from the present and apply it in a way which can somehow help whoever it is get to a point where they don't need to look to any external thing to achieve a level of harmony and peace within themselves, which many people, almost whoever I talk to at least, looks at and thinks life is suffering when it just doesn't need to be perceived that way and experienced that way. It's only that way because people... And of course, I've been in this... Reality myself for such a long time, you're only experiencing that way because it's been perceived through the mind. But if you just get a tiny little snippet of experiencing reality a different way through any means, if you do a standing meditation and you go inside your body, all of a sudden you're out of your mind, you're into your body, all of external reality disappears, you feel like you're in your true home, then you can begin to understand why the principle that something like life is suffering or this is the most important thing, that's all just from this very small snapshot of what reality encompasses. The fact is we're always searching for meaning in something, thinking it's going to bring this great, big satisfaction to our lives when honestly most of the time it's all just nonsense. Not to say what's going on in your mind isn't important, what's going on in my mind or someone else's mind isn't important. It's just to say that the conceptual world in general, the thinking and mind world in general, is full of nonsense. So one of the biggest problems when someone who's looking to alleviate their suffering from listening to someone else in the external world, They'll always look at the validity of the concept of what the person is saying and then attack that concept because it's in direct conflict with either something else someone else has said or something else that they have said. And that person, whether they're actually valid or not in terms of whether they've got cultivation, whether they've got experience in bringing people into a different reality, or whether they're just full of shit, whether they've got a bad heart or they're just trying to make money... The thing is, it almost doesn't matter if you're always perceiving things at that level of the mind because there is always conflict on the conceptual level. So even if the person is legit and they're talking in concepts, the person is only talking in concepts in a way from a reference point which they feel where those people are at through talking in that way will pull them out of whatever sort of Mind state they're in now and take them closer to a point where the mind is more free. Where in the future, if they continue to go down that path, then maybe one day they'll have an experience of liberation. It's all about looking, they look at a person and they see, okay, if I say something now, in which way is this going to make their mind bend? In which way are they going to have resistance to this? In which thing can I say is going to bring the least resistance to how their ego is going to react to things and is going to take them to a place where they can possibly be open to exploring something else? I was talking to someone the other day about Zen Collins and he was a really cool dude and he was talking about how, you know, in the past, thousands of years ago, Zen masters would say one thing. They would say Zen Cohen, it would be called. And then the student would have to think about that thing for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades until they understood the meaning in it so they could come back to the master and then they'd get their next form of learning. But the thing is, these Zen colons, the master was only saying it, not so the student could think about it for years and for decades to find try and some, find some deeper meaning in it. They were saying it. So eventually... Hopefully, the student could realize that what they were saying didn't mean anything and it was all just nonsense. So people look into the past and they study these things and they're still trying to work out things that these Zen masters or other masters said thousands of years ago, thinking that's going to help reveal something about the facet of reality, which is going to make them relieve their suffering. Not knowing that the Zen master at the time was just saying that thing as a way to try and help the student get out of the mind in general. And the thing is, it's so easy to do. It's so easy that it just seems like it couldn't be that of, of getting into base reality from our from our framework even the people with huge intellects, you know, someone like Elon Musk biggest intellect maybe in the world, so smart and he thinks it's just something that possibly cannot even happen in our lifetimes, it could be thousands of years away that's why we've got to expand the scope of consciousness Now I'm getting back in, to my triggers again <laughs> But in reality, it's so simple. You just have to return back inside yourself and find a way to experience your consciousness being inside your body in different parts of your body rather than being in your head. Now, this is uh, probably if I could give the most valuable advice I could give out of all the wonderful people I've been around and Masters, I've learned from and people I've got transmissions from, and people who are, you know, decades and decades and decades of more experience and treating and going deeper into this world themselves is that the more you can let go of concepts and the more you can increase your energy, increase your life force, get inside your body, the better your life will become. Base reality is not something to get there which you have to cultivate for fifty years or you have to discover some external wisdom or principle which will be only I'd be able to understood thousands of years into the future. It could be experienced literally tomorrow in one hour if you had the right person instructing you. And if you're super sincere, I thought many times about, okay, let's try and do this, or let's try and make advertisements for this podcast. Let's try and uh, make it so then I get more treatments from this podcast and make money in this way. But every single time I think of that, I just can't do it because it goes against every fiber of my body. I just feel like this—it's just further nonsense going on. Not that. I judge other people for doing that themselves, but it goes against my code for whatever reason. So the reason I mention that is because one of the biggest reasons why people struggle to get mm, into states like base reality, which is just a foundational state, it's definitely not the end, rather it's the beginning, and why it's so hard to get out of this mind state is because the chi put it this way, in our body, is ascending to our head. Part of that is to do with our posture, that we're sitting around all day. Part of it is because we're exposed to more information. There's a variety of reasons. But the point is, the most critical step is to get it to start to descend downwards. There's many things you can do that. Uh, that's why exercise does to some degree that's why you feel regulated afterwards besides all the different physiological effects that it has Mm. meditation often quite often does the opposite and shoots it right back up I'm not going against any particular meditation but from what I've seen what I've experienced myself what I've experienced with people I've treated um, the most important thing is to do something which can descend it down now the easiest way Mm. practice, easiest way to do that, is you want to go and to find some way to improve your posture. The posture is the most fundamental thing which will take your consciousness from being focused in your head to being able to reset into different parts of your body. Because if you've got tight shoulders or you've got uh, tight glutes mm, or you're holding on to your breathing, then all those things will eventually end up frying your nervous system so uh, your consciousness won't be able to rest and relax in different parts of your body. So anything you can do to improve your posture, anything you can do to make it straighter, anything you can do to get more relaxed, that's the most important thing you could be doing. Yoga is awesome for doing that if you're doing uh, particular types of yoga, the basic stuff. Tai Chi is also something amazing for that, particularly if there's one thing I could ever re- recommend, any exercise, it's all I could recommend for anyone to do. It would be standing posture in Tai Chi, also called jang zhong or tree practice, standing Tai Chi. If you just do that for 20, 30 minutes every day, I mean, if you had complete and 100% sincerity in doing it, it could happen straight away. Or if you just do it over time and take it about in a relaxed manner, then it might take a little bit longer than that. But that cannot be understated how just profound those exercises are, are resetting your entire nervous system. And I'm all for Western physiology and Western physiotherapy, but there's just certain things yet which the West quite hasn't caught up to in terms of these types of exercises and the amount of people that I've seen bring it back from psych- bring people back from psychosis and the amount of people I've seen my teacher and other teachers heal from bringing people back from uh, different kinds of things, like mental conditions of being thinking too much, having anxiety, anything like that is crazy. And because it's, it's built on very profound principles, but the most important of them are relaxing and straightening your posture. And if you can do that, your breath will naturally open up as a result of everything being all relaxed. And then, eventually, step by step, where you perceive your focal point of reality will drop from your head and go back further down into your body. The further, the better. So, hope you enjoyed the story of the pink elephant. Hmm haven't really had much time to do any of the other podcasts lately but I had a smidge of inspiration and a smidge of time so I thought knock this one out. So hope you enjoyed. if you have any questions uh, please ask. This is for you. See you next time. Just one more thing I think is important to add upon reflection of that podcast. There was a lot of reacting there for me. So I think to really clarify on the thing of is it easy to get into base reality or is it hard? Um, it can be easy for some people. And the best pathway to doing that and also to help heal the body is to first go deeper within your consciousness. That's very important. But in reality, getting to base reality, whether it takes a long time or a short time, requires an intensity of focus like nothing else in the world matters. And it's just singly this moment. You have to be determined, nothing else. If you have that, then that is the only thing that will probably get you there. So it is very difficult. And I feel like you shouldn't set your expectations too high then it can be done very quickly for some people it can but for most people like for me not that i was consciously aiming for it it took a very long time for me to get there and to experience what it was um now it's quite a bit more natural uh to return there um however yes it's good to clarify i think that it is very much possible it's very much possible and you can do it you can do it. It's not something that's just going to be, mm, you won't be able to reach there ever. You can do it. But in order to get there, it will take that kind of intensity, which is also very beautiful, I feel. So I'll put an email for this podcast in this episode to make it a bit easier. If you want to uh, contact me, ask questions and i really from my heart want to help underlay uh, foundational principles so no matter what path you're walking on uh, you can always use them uh, uh, fall back on them to be guided with whatever you're doing Um, so i think if you're interested in learning more from different very highly cultivated people books they've written and you want to know more particularly about any uh, practice or if there's certain things you should be looking for, like I feel if you're wanting to go into base reality, for example, you need to be uh, learning from someone who's been there and they may not call it that, Uh, but that's probably the most important thing and to get transmissions from them. That's not going to be me because I feel that's still out of my capability to do that. Uh, It's on the edge of my bubble anyway. But there's many people uh, who are capable of doing such a thing. And even like the truest masters, the ones who are capable of, you know, mythical things, uh, you wouldn't be able to spot them if you're walking down the street. So for simple things like this, uh, you probably wouldn't notice the person uh, if you're walking down the street, what they look like. But they are around. Uh, and they're usually people who are into different practices like yoga and tai chi, um, et etc et cetera. So if you're interested in knowing more about things like that, then just send me an email and then I can send you some links which I think might be helpful to suit your situation um, and then you can move on from there to whatever your next flow in the journey is. <laughs> so see you later, you mad dog simulation base reality-loving see you next time